happen. Okay, guys, so welcome to One Step Live. I have a very special guest, guests with me tonight, and uh, it's KJ52 and his DJ, DJ Aslan. So this is going to be fun. Now, it's a special night for me because, man, KJ has been, I've been following his music for a very, very long time. I think, man, I don't even know how long, but I was a young guy. It's probably 18 19 and I was into more I was into hip-hop and then I had this as we know like secular hip-hop is not the I guess most I guess the best stuff listened to when it comes to trying to uh, keep your head clean and and bunch of things like that try to honor God so I was filling my head with with just junk like when I was upset when I was mad I would go to this music and it was some violent vulgar stuff right and I had this dream one night and God told me to throw that stuff out, basically get rid of it. And I had like three hundred plus dollars, four hundred plus dollars in hip hop albums, and I like got rid of them. And He told me to start listening to music that honors Him. And then so I started searching for hip hop, for Christian hip hop or positive hip hop music. And that's when this guy's face pops up, and it's KJ Five Two. And so it was a collaborations album, and I go listen to that, and then Seventh Avenue, of course, listen to those two, and I was hooked. And then I started listening to guys that he collabed with, obviously, on his collaborations album, got me in new avenues of hip hop music. And then I just kept following KJ. I mean, I was, when, in my testimony, being overweight and trying to lose weight, KJ uh, was in my ears constantly. It was I was on a treadmill or I was on the elliptical or I was lifting weights. He would be in my ear, like just encouraging me with his music. And so it's really blessed me. And I've been following his music ever since. And so, when I asked him to be on One Step Live, KJ was okay with joining me and coming on, even inviting his DJ Aslan there, which is also an exciting moment because they have some great stories to share tonight. So uh, I'm just going to, I just wanted to share with you guys why I brought him on because he's influenced me. And I've also been observing his Instagram and also been observing his lifestyle on social media. And I've noticed that KJ is an active person, but I also noticed that he's a very busy guy. So I brought him on because I have a lot of questions for him when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle in his, in his avenue and his career. So I'm just going to open up with the question, KJ, if you don't mind me asking, what, were you always a health conscious person? Um, and, or is this something that's just more recent for you? Uh, well, it's funny because my dad, I uh, grew up very kind of hippie existence. I lived in an artist loft, uh, called my parents by the first name, uh, just very like holistic, hippy dippy <laughs> uh, upbringing. So it's funny. So my dad was taking me to health food stores as early as I can remember, giving me spirulina, giving me whole wheat crackers in my, you know, kindergarten lunchbox uh, wheat germ on my pancakes, you know, like just the most disgusting stuff that you would ever, ever give a poor child at that age when he's trying to swap out for Twinkies or Cheetos or Doritos. Um, so all that health food, like I really like was just resented it in a lot of ways. And, uh, probably cause socially it put me on like this weird space. But then, uh, once my parents split, I would see my dad on the weekends and, um, I would, I think I would use that like visiting dad and I would kind of be like, all right, let's go to McDonald's. Let's go to Burger King. Like I would just kind of basically get, you know what I mean? Like you'd play kind of one parent against each other a little bit. You know what I mean? So like I, you know, I didn't really play any sports. I played football in eighth grade because football kids were way cooler than the theater kids, which I was. They're way cooler than the art kids, which I was. Um, and so I kind of like dumbed down all that stuff to be, you know, an athlete. And so I wasn't like, I was always a super skinny kid. I was always very lanky. Um, metabolism was never a problem. You know what I mean? So I was never, I never battled like childhood obesity or anything like that. And I was, you know, for the most part active. I rode my skateboard. I BMX, you know, all this stuff that probably 80s kids just did. You know what I mean? Even though we did have games and stuff to make us lazy. But uh, I was just a typical kid eating junk food constantly. Um, and, and then I, oddly, you know, high school, I started to get into like running track and playing football. But I was so late to the party that once I started weight training in like sophomore year, 
I just wasn't, I was so far behind the other kids that I never really caught up. Plus Florida is like really competitive for sports. So maybe in South Dakota, I would have been a killer athlete. Uh, but in like the number one recruited football state, um, but I really tried hard. So I think if anything, it gave me a real work ethic, but no, I knew nothing about healthy eating. Um, I knew about it, but I'm saying there was no active aspects of it in my life. And, um, I think in my head, I was like, you can just work it off, whatever you eat, see whatever you want. Plus you're a teenager. So like, and I was a late bloomer. I was super short. Uh, but then like junior, senior year, I shot up to six foot two, 180 pounds. Like I was just, I've just always been that, that's been my body type. So I think I just, I didn't know proper what nutrition was. You know, you learn some stuff in sports, but not enough that it's like really helpful. And the irony was, is once I went into ministry is when I started, you know, getting a little paunch here and there, not getting overweight. <laughs> is he still there oh man i thought i thought i was out <laughs> no you're still here he might be pot yeah, yeah we're back man, i am so sorry my bro my browser crashed i am so sorry all good uh i guess uh somebody's downloading my neighbor's probably downloading lord of the rings on my internet or something <laughs> <laughs> but you're talking about anyway, your yeah, you were tall lanky kid tall yeah lanky and so i think yeah so i think for a long time i was like i can coast on that you know i was never muscular Never particularly fast, never particularly athletic, but I just had a metabolism that kind of like pretty much eat whatever I want. But realistically, from a body type, I was never what I wanted to be in my head. You know what I mean? Um, so, but I was active. I wasn't like sedentary, but, you know, being in the ministry lifestyle, that working 60 hours a week, like it was really detrimental to my health. And the reality was it took me getting my first record deal at 25 that's really what killed my health. Like around 2000, yeah, 2000, we went full time on the road, eating junk food all the time, stuck in a car for eight hours. Um, and and the, the reality was like ingesting all those chemicals and preservatives. I was having chronic sinus issues. Uh, I had skin problems where I would get, you know, I would notice these like marks under my nose. Um, headaches you know just the things that you think just come with life oh i'm just getting sick it's part of being on the road yeah not knowing that you didn't have to be that way right. so my stupid antidote this is what this was my thought process because i remember the first show i got like as a signed artist the first show i got i was so out of breath and i'm like oh i know what i do i do a 45 minute show i'm gonna start running for 45 minutes <laughs> that was my answer like in my head it equated to the same thing no weight training no changing of my diet if you, run, if you run for 45 minutes, you should do a show for 45 minutes. And the weight didn't come off. I couldn't keep it consistent. But this is the problem. I have a very driven personality. So my head was always, well, I just need to work harder. Not work smarter because I didn't know enough to work smarter. It was just like, well, if I'm getting this result with this much effort, if I do this much result, I'll get that much effort. So just languished. You know, and then again, this is the guy who wrote the Coke fried cheeseburger song and the Mountain Dew song. Like, two of the probably like I I probably sent more white kids to their to their health nutritional death than any other Christian rapper. <laughs> any, other, irony, any other rapper? Any other rapper? Yeah, any other rapper? Like the irony is those two songs still haunt me to this day. Like people still will bring those songs up eighteen years later, and it's really. I mean, we laugh about it, but it's a sad reflection of the church in a lot of ways that these two songs, which have nothing to do with Jesus, that they're just artistically pathetic. Like they were never meant to be like legitimate songs. I put these songs like Easter eggs, you know, like you'll find this if you forward through the song for like three minutes. That's all it was supposed to be. And I'm like, so culturally the church is behind, artistically the church is behind, and certainly from a nutrition standpoint, the church is behind. But, you know, me drinking Mountain Dew was because I didn't want to drink coffee. And someone said, oh, it has the most caffeine. So I was pulling these all-night drives. And I was like, okay, I swig a Mountain Dew. I, I eat a Snickers bar. I do the six-hour grind time drive all night long. 
that's what you do. I'm living my dream. And I'm not putting on any weight because I never do. And then, man, like if you look at my pictures on my, if you look at my pictures on the collaboration album, and then you look at my pictures on the Pronounce 5-2 album, like you can see it in my face. There's no question. Like you can see that the pounds that I had packed on, I was hitting 210, 215, 220. I had never been that heavy in my life. You know, I was like 180 in high school. So I remember jumping on a Publix. I got on a Publix weight scale and I'm like, you know what I mean? And I remember sitting in the back of a plane one time and just feeling my gut, like just like trying to fall asleep on the plane. And I could feel the physical aspect of my gut bowed over. And I thought, how did this happen? You know what I mean? Mm. You know, and, and, and the final thing for me probably was me and my wife went on a trip to the Bahamas. I'm sorry. I got booked to do a show in the Cayman Islands and I brought my wife with me and they snapped a picture while we were going. Like, it was just one of those things where they, we took a thing to go look at the man, uh, stingrays by ourselves and we just took a picture of ourselves. So there I am shirtless. And I remember looking at that picture and I'm like, Oh, I got man boobs. Like I literally have man boobs. Like I've come to that point that I'm disgusted by the way I look. And I could always hide it well because I had super baggy clothes and I was six foot two. You know what I mean? But I was like, what, that was it. Like for me, you know, and that's when I was like, something has to change because I was chronically sick. I was sinus infections and all that, you know, and I'd like to say that's when it all turned around and it wasn't. I languished for years like that, up and down, up and down, not getting any better. Uh, and the thing is, the difference between the average person and me is that my pictures are all over the internet forever. Hold on a second. Sorry, what were you going to say? Hey, I, I'm going to chime in real quick yeah, because when I met KJ, and I, I'm just going to chime in because of what he's um, talking on at this point. When I first met him and we, you know, obviously the traveling, so we're in a hotel and um, he was definitely, KJ, I'm kind of telling on you right now. Um, but we got in the hotel, we're getting situated and he broke, broke out a huge bag of meds. Med, the travel bag for meds, man. And it, and it was big. Yeah. It was a dude. Well, that was like a freezer size Ziploc. <laughs> it was like, and the real thing fun. was, as I would medicate every, every problem, we had a medication for it. You know uh -huh. I mean? Not that I was on like heart medication, but it was like, Oh, I got to take this for my sinus. I got to take this for this cold. Oh, it's the worst place to be in. Cause you yeah. thought you were fixing the problem. And you, were, hmm. you were just treating. Wow. I did that with you. I did that with you. Ask it was. It had been at the tail end, probably seven years ago, seven to eight. I didn't. I didn't know that. But yeah, it's true. I would travel with a big old bag because I was always getting sick off something. Yeah, it, it must. It, that must have been right, right around you, really changing up and feeling the effects of major change. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, um, I want to touch on KJ, your lifestyle now, and then I want to see where Aslan comes in on this too, because he has. There's a story that matches here and, and goes along with your story. Um, so I look at your lifestyle. And again, we follow you on social media. So you share life, which I think is awesome that artists can do that, share their life and, and you know, get their fan base to kind of see what they do. And I see that you're this busy, busy guy. So you're on the road touring. You create your own music. You're an independent artist. So and that's work in itself your own promotional guy, stuff like that. You're also involved in your church and pretty consistently, and you had a graffiti business on the side and you were personal yeah. training, your husband, your dad, your, I mean, you are like the epitome of busy. So what's your lifestyle like now? And how do you like your diet, your exercise, how do you remain consistent on a healthy lifestyle today? Uh, well, I can say, first off, discipline and drive has never been a problem, per se. You know what I mean? I've never been a person that had to be motivated. I've always been, always been very self-motivated. Even as a kid, I used to make my own toys, like only child for many years. Uh, I did a personality test. I'm an ENTJ, which is like only 3% of the population and stuff. So drive and all those things never necessarily been a problem. It's just where I put it 
So I've always had multiple hustles. I've always been a multitasker. Um, the problem is I didn't have as much energy or I thought sheer will would accomplish those tasks. So my life's, but okay. So again, what I also started noticing as I, you know, as I went from getting signed in my twenties, going to my late twenties, into my early thirties, into my mid thirties, now into my late thirties, I started to notice that there was just a change in my body. A big reason for my change, to be honest with you, was my oldest son was diagnosed with ADHD. And so I did a lot of research and I'm like, we don't want to medicate him. Surely there has to be ways to treat it that doesn't involve that. And so one thing I learned was that dyes and, and, and you know, artificial colors accentuate the ADHD. That ADHD is not curable. It's not like you just take these many things and it disappears. No, that's the way God created them. But you can also make it worse by how you eat. So I started making full-blown changes all across the map. I was like, well, we got to change the way we're eating. And so we started switching from high-processed foods to organic-based. I went, But then I went turned into an organic Nazi. Like I went overboard, overspending ridiculous, you know, like didn't find the balance, wasn't able to pull it back and do it affordably. Um, and I was on winter jam at the time where everybody on winter jam, most everybody was doing P90X on winter jam. I just started P90X. Everybody on winter jam was doing insanity. So I was like, Oh, well, perfect. I'm out on winter jam on the weekends. I can do P90X during the week. I'll do insanity during the um, winter jam. And cause everybody was doing it. So I'm like, this is perfect. And then I noticed no change in my body. Like I was still just as chunky. I just had maybe a little bit better cardio. And I'm like, what is wrong here? Like I'm doing everything right. And I still, I might look better, but not to where I'm like super happy with it. And that's actually when I decided to do two things. I said, I'm going to get a personal trainer's license to just learn more. Not to become one, but just like might as well go to the top and learn. I just, I, I, and again, this is my overzealous personality. As I started for the first time in my life, training for a 5K. I never ran long distance. I trained for this 5K. So I'm running all the time now. I ran so much, I got plantar fascia in my foot. <laughs> so again, my own personality has destroyed my health. <laughs> Even though I'd made some, I had gotten better, but my, extremeness you know again it's like well if i do if i get this result 20 minutes let me do 40 minutes i'll get twice as good results so what happened was i couldn't run anymore and the doctor's like the only cure for your foot is to stop running so much i discovered tabatas and the whole premise behind that was you actually train less but at a super high intensity and i'm like you mean to tell me i don't got to run for 25 minutes at the highest intensity possible i can run two times for four minutes and get the same result, this is not gonna work. I had no choice, I had to do it. Because I couldn't run anymore. So I started doing, I started doing everything in Tabatas. All of a sudden I started noticing my body's starting to shred. I started noticing I'm doing more strength gains. I started noticing that for the first time in my life, I'm looking the way I wanted to and I'm 39 years old. But the real, the real change was, all of a sudden I had more energy than I had ever had. I was running a faster mile than I had ran in high school. I was like my energy level and my, it was really my stamina. My stamina went through the roof. I was going to the gym and getting in push-up contests with, with bodybuilders and, and beating them. And I'm like, this is not supposed to happen. And I realized it wasn't that I was physically stronger than them. It's just, I had learned how to oxygenate my muscles so much with Tabatas that I just could outlast them. And I'm like, this translates to the stage, like nobody's business. Like, I started training for the stage. That's all I started doing. And for the stage, you need a high sustained, almost sprint like cardio to last over 45 minutes. So I'm like, that's it. I don't like doing lots of tons of weights. I'm not, I don't want to sit in the gym doing repetitive stuff. I'm going to do these Tabatas because it takes all the guesswork out of everything. I'm going to do a lot of body weight because I'm now pushing 40 and it fixes my lifestyle. And then I just started hacking the, my, my diet better. That was the real big thing. I was eating so much carbohydrates and I had a, two bodybuilder friends 
they said, you're just, you got to switch your ratios. And that's the, the personal training helped me that they're like, your protein level is so small. I started upping my protein, you know, trying to match my body weight and protein and grams. All of a sudden they noticed strength gains starting happening. That was really, that was the, that was the dynamic change. And to be honest with you, that thing was my wife, you know, she got on board and now as a full, we had, you know, we were both on the same, there was neither of us were fighting each other food wise or workout wise. And, uh, that was when everything changed. That's when all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, I'm out working guys half my age. That should not be happening. You know what I mean? And then I, and, and, and at that point it was really survival. It's like, there's no 40 year old rappers. Like they're just not there. And I knew I had to be able to out hustle somebody half my age. I knew physically I had to out, I, I couldn't look my age. That's just, just to be transparent with you. I always had skin problems. Oh um, and I went back to the dermatologist like five years later. She goes, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. She goes, your skin is better at 39 than it was at 35. Wow. And really it's just because I pulled all the chemicals out of my diet. You know, mm. I just, I removed all of it and all of a sudden my skin clears up. My sinuses never had a problem again. Boom. You know, the bag of medicine gone. And I'm like, and then, and then to be honest, I finally had to come to a point where I accepted how I looked. I realized this is my body type. I will never be huge. I'll never really even be shredded. I'm six foot two. You know what I mean? Like I would have to just live in the gym. I was like, it's not realistic. It was actually a turning point in my life because I realized the fitness industry had sold me a lie. It told me that I could look like Tony Horton or I could look like, you know, all these guys. And that was a lie. They were going to look like that no matter how they looked. All I could look like was the best version of me. And when I finally got to that point, man, I'm telling you, it was the life change. And then I went ballistic on social media, like trying to convince everyone else. And then I realized everybody's lazy and they don't care. So I just backed <laughs> off on all that. I spent about two months like, I'm going to change my fans into fit people. And I was like, no, it never works that way. Like, they just want me to rap. They don't care about like being in shape. So, so true. So true. It's, it's sad. Like, I gave up. I'm like, like, I was actually training a couple of my fans. They were paying me a, you know, a small amount. And this online training, it was such a, a, such a disaster. Like, it doesn't work. Online training does not work. So that's interesting that, you know, your, your life has changed since you started giving up really the stuff that God never created in the first place that man has tainted. Totally. And then people, you know, people were like, well, dude, what do you eat? I'm like, did God make it? Eat it. If God didn't make it, don't eat it. It's not that complex. Yeah. But what about this diet and that diet? I'm like, listen, man, if that helps you, cool. Most of it is just because you're cutting your calories. That's the only reason it works. If that's your placebo that gets you going, more power to you. I said, but most of it just is just to take your money. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know. that's awesome that you shared that. I think that's important. Now, fast forward a little bit to DJ Aslan. Now, where does he come into the picture? Uh, he was just a cool guy that I met through a friend that I would use on occasion to come DJ for me. I mean, I've always had about three or four different guys that I've worked with. I had like one or two really main guys, but Aslan was always like my West coast guy. Um, then when he stepped into pastoring doing becoming a kid's pastor, I was like, Oh, our lives are really similar now. Um, listen, I've had, I don't sit here and post pictures of me shirtless and stuff like that all the time. I've kept most of that off social media. If I'm at the beach, cool, whatever. But I did notice every time I'd post something like that, there'd be about five to 10 of my rap friends that'd be like, yo man, what's up with the da 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 Like they would, they would make fun of me, but secretly they were like, yo, like what's your secret? Like what are you doing that's not, that I'm not working for me? So I always had people come and hit me like, what are you doing? And I would spend hours talking to them. And inevitably, they would all go back to the way they were. Aslan was the only guy that hit me up, and he was like, yo, like, I want to learn. Like, what are you doing that's working for you? I'm like, well, here we go again. <laughs> and I just really, I just shared with them similar things that people share with me. I was like, look, you got to get your protein to carbs ratio right. You might want to try Tabatas because it's a really foolproof way to work out. And then he would come back like a couple months later and be like, 
yo, man, I'm doing it, but I'm not gaining any muscle. I'm like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I run three miles. I do <laughs> insanity. insanity. And then I go Every to the gym. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, it's not working. I can't build any muscle. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Like, you sound like me doing way too much. I was like, you just need to do like one thing and do it well. And then I took a look at his diet and I kind of like said, okay, you're eating too many carbohydrates. Like you got to shift your ratios of carbs to fat. And I'll be honest with you. He's the only guy that ever listened outside of maybe one other person. He's the only guy that ever listened, actually put it into practice and then surpassed me. Like, He's in better shape than me, no question. Like, and it wasn't like I just sat there on him all day long. I wasn't training him. He just, he hit a point where he was like, oh, I'm going to do this and it works and I'm going to stay on it and be consistent. That's the main thing. So, and then now we're like the only two people that get each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird because like we're both hip hoppers. We're both in the rap culture. We're both the same age, around that same age. We're both on staff at churches, and we're both husbands with too many children. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, and, and that was it. So that was it. So I want, uh, Aslan, do you mind elaborating a little bit? Like, where are you at now? Like, what's your – so he's kind of given you some pointers, and he said he surpassed you. So can you elaborate a little bit on what he was saying, like where you were and now where you're at today? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just real quick to even back up. Um, I used to eat, I'm not a big dude. Uh, I'm just five, nine and never been big in any way. Uh, like size 28 waist, 30 waist, like, you know, for a long time. So never been real big, but, um, yeah, I was about 37. Um, when I just wanted to hit the switch for sure. Cause all up until then I ate exactly what I want. I ate everything I wanted. I mean, I'm talking, I would, going back to the church, I got to make sure I grab that white mocha and I'm going to hit the gas station for like the big, the big 20 ounce Dr. Peppers or, and, and get a couple of them. I need a couple to last me through the afternoon with the white mocha, the grande size. I mean, you know, maybe not even the tall. Um, so it, it was bad. If there was dessert out at any event, I'm on it, man, I got a nice portion on my plate with it. So I was eating anything I wanted because nothing was really, uh, I wasn't paying attention to things kind of catching up with me. Um, and I've always been somewhat active as well. Never played high school sports, never played sports, just always kind of just played ball and same thing, actually uh, a lot of skateboarding and stuff like that. Just the guys want to go hoop, then fine, I'll try and go run out there on the court. Um, but never like full on athlete, never at that kind of training level at all. Um, but yeah, it just, it was basically after, um, if we're in 2018, uh, it was 2017 of January, a little bit after New Year's. I've never been a big New Year's guy, a New Year's resolution type thing. Uh, never real big, been big on that. But um, it was kind of, it was something very specific that kind of made me hit the switch and, and hit up KJ and say like, okay, I gotta, I'm going to try something for real. And um, I work in the studios as well. I'm, I'm outside of Los Angeles, so I work in the um, studios. I was working on a Nickelodeon show um, with a bunch of uh, studio guys, union guys. We're there really early. Uh, we do long hours, 11 and a half hours. So every morning, we're doing a two-hour special uh, for a Nickelodeon show. Um, we're there for two weeks straight um, doing this show. And the older guy that's buying breakfast for everyone in the morning is getting He's at like 9 a.m. He's saying, all right, who's going to Tommy's? Chili burgers. I'm buying chili burgers. We basically had chili cheeseburgers, Tommy's chili cheeseburgers, uh, like every day for breakfast. Uh, not even talking, you know, who knows what we're going to have for lunch. So after those two weeks is when I, um, I said, dude, I am going to hit this switch. And I know, who to, I know who to call on first to get the info um, on the food. I knew KJ knew what's up with food. I knew, he, uh, I knew he knew what's up with working out and actual fitness exercising. And so that's, that's what happened. So that was about a year and a half ago, right around. Um, and it was, I wouldn't say it was subtle. Um, I basically, I haven't had, and, and he, sometimes he gets on me on this, but um, I haven't had one soda since then. And I'm talking 37 years. I'm talking at, growing up in my grandpa's house when I was seven, eight years old, that thing is stocked with Coke and Dr. Pepper. 
I can go out into his fridge anytime and grab two or three. Mom's not around. Two or three or four sodas. And I mean, soda was a big thing for whatever. Yeah. I've mean, had one in a year and a half or a year and whatever. Uh, and don't want one. The closest thing I had just the other day was a couple sips of some Martinelli at a, at a little party. And I was like, man, this tastes like soda right now. <laughs> I don't even want it. It was just way too sweet. And I didn't want to go that route again. So I, it was whatever. Um, so yeah, I kicked it in full gear. I definitely was doing some insanity for sure. Um, I had those videos from a long time ago. I just never put together um, nutrition with smart exercising. And I mean, that's a quick, that's a quick summary, like getting just a basic, maybe a little bit more than a basic knowledge of nutrition, of carbs, fats, and proteins, and maybe a little bit of just understanding calories and, you know, just getting the numbers game down a little bit. And, um, and then just working out smart and just trying a couple, trying a few different things, trying some specific timed workouts, um, so I think at this point, when he says I've surpassed him, I think it comes down to a couple of things. Um, one thing, I do not travel as much as KJ. Uh, I travel like once a month, twice a month at that, a lot of local stuff and the locals just not even overnight. Um, and I, and well, I'm, the one thing that is helpful is living in Southern California. Uh, and KJ knows I'll, I'll run up my, my hill that's close to my house. It's a super steep hill i can get there in about three minutes or so just you know by foot just running up to the hill it's a huge very like it's just a very fun hill for like a like a hill sprint type thing um and of course the weather is just nice so i can get out more um so that that's probably one thing that kind of lends itself to it as well mm -hmm. well we would do these challenges so i would basically like every couple months i would say all right we're gonna set a new goal like let's like, let's just see how many push-ups we can do in a minute. How fast can we run a mile? How many sit-ups? And that became, and I was just always like crushing them in the numbers and stuff like that. And so I was like, it really just became, I had no one else I could do this to. Like I couldn't, I couldn't post this on social media because none of my fans were like, oh, who cares? So like, but what, what I noticed was all of a sudden he could just still, he, all of a sudden he could do more pull-ups than I could. I still have like, leveled out at like seven to eight dead hang pull-ups and part of it maybe just how I work out part of it but I realized it's like oh and then I actually started researching I'm like oh no if you're shorter you can actually have more ease of doing pull-ups like people that are six foot two the extension of your arm then I'm like wait you mean to tell me that the playing field is never level like <laughs> genetics and size and oh that's why gymnasts are small yeah, and that's why players like, and that that all of a sudden made me because again, this is my problem. My problem is if I could do it, everybody could do it. If someone else could do it, I could do it. Like it's a dumb mentality that I had to stop. That I'm just now in my old age finally learning my over like my over the top personality. While it does push me to greatness, it also causes a lot of collateral damage. You mm. know what I mean? So then I realized, like, this isn't about – stop making everything a competition. That's my problem. I make everything a competition. Most of the time I'm competing with myself. And I'm like, dude, just enjoy the journey. You don't have to be number one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I say he surpassed me, it's, 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 it's more of a joke. It's just the point is that we've both come to a places in our lives. We're both very happy who we are, and we've learned it late in life. But yeah. it doesn't stop us. It, if anything, it's actually we're ahead of people that are younger than us. Yeah. Like that's, you know, like that's a pretty amazing thing to find in your late 30s and your 40s. Like, sure. It's a beautiful sure. thing. And that's, <clears throat> that's where everybody should aim for. And I, I think we kind of, KJ, you said it more in the beginning. Um, and as I think you agree with this is we want to become the best version of us that we can be not, not the best version of so-and-so we don't want to be a Dwayne Johnson though. He has that, that rip body. I think guys like, I want one of those things and, uh, or anybody I else. Jack, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we are all creating the image of God and God has given us, I mean, we are made of different genetics and on and on. And so, like we're going to look different from so-and-so we're not going to build like so-and-so and we don't all have eight hours or six hours of standing in the gym and, and work out all day, you know? So, um, 
what so the become the best version of yourself so let's talk a little bit about becoming what god's created us to be uh you guys both claim jesus you're christians and i admire that 100 percent. and i just want to know what role does your faith play in your health journey since i've been talking everybody's ear off i'm gonna let Aslan talk first <laughs> okay yeah yeah for sure um I mean, I think I'll kind of just focus on this one thing. Uh, I've always been basically since about 17 when I heard about Jesus for the first time. I wasn't raised in church up until then or anything. Um, so I heard about Jesus actually at a Promise Keepers event with about 40,000 men at the L.A. Coliseum where the Raiders used to play. Heard about Jesus for the first time. And I really never looked back. And um, uh, it was always a constant drive. I mean, just just not only loving God, but just like pursuing ministry. Um, for the sake of ministry, not to have a job, but for actual ministry and, and wanting to somehow relate the Bible to just, you know, anyone that was in, uh, um, anyone that I was close with or, or can form relationship with. Um, but to even connect it to this time now and, um, you know, th this lifestyle change, um, it's been incredible. It's, it's um, to me, and I know I kind of men mentioned this before, um, you know, yesterday, but this has been somewhat of a, maybe the benefits of fasting. So for, since I was 17, I was n never been on this. Okay. I'm going to fast. Uh, fasting has never been a part of really like my spiritual journey or anything like that. Um, I just never really put time or study into it. Um, but this, I feel like, um, changing lifestyle, especially with food, um, it kind of, I'm kind of getting the benefits of a fast. And so those benefits are, um, much more self-control, which I would just kind of give, you know, some praise to God for, you know, like self-control, just kind of empowerment from God, um, just kind of saying no to this earthly body. Obviously, this earthly body craves that sugar, man, uh, you know, sugar for that long time. We crave that full sensation. I got to get full. I need a bunch of, you know, carbs and potatoes in me or French fries and chips. Or I need that full feeling. Um, there's just been an awesome connection with um being able to say no and just really seeing uh, uh benefits of fasting from it it's almost been it's almost been a fast i've never been like a, a lint guy i know people look at lint in some way of you know like uh i'm not gonna i'm gonna sustain from this one thing for a month or whatever um imagine doing that for the rest of your life yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting you say that um i was actually thinking recently I mean, I kind of, I think as we progress in our journeys and our health journeys, I think we start developing new ways or God reveals new things to us or we try to find things that are, can better us. So like right now, I'm trying to cut out like soybean oil and canola oil and go just like virgin, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil and such like that. So more of the natural sense of oils that aren't genetically modified and junk. So trying to go organic in that sense. And also um, trying to go more organic in the vegetables because we all know they're, they're just plastered with pesticide residue when you get them from the grocery store. No matter how many times you try to rinse them off, you're not going to get everything yeah. off that thing. Um, so, man, I've been like thinking, I'm talking to my wife and I said, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like fasting. <laughs> it's, say, it's interesting yeah. to say that because yeah. it is, you know, you're giving up the things that really don't belong in your life anyway and it's just killing you and and taking down a road you don't want to go down and so it's, it's in a way it's it's honoring god with your temple it's honoring god with your body it's it's that moment of giving up the things that you once loved that brought you fulfillment that tastes so good and you're now treating your body as it should be treated um perfect holy in the eyes of god like he looks at us and he says i love this is my child i created them my image and i want them to take care of their temple um, so that's, I'm glad that you said that because I can definitely second that. And uh, how about you, KJ? Do you have anything? How does your faith play a role? Uh, well, it's funny now that you're saying this, I'm thinking about it actually from two sides. Um, yeah, I, I remember when I first started like switching my health and the, and the things that I was eating. So I'd be out on the road with my band and they would just get, so irritated because I was always the final decision person on where we went to eat. So the promoters are like, where do you want to go? And before they can even answer, I'm like, we're going to Subway or going to a Whole Foods or going to Chipotle. And they would just, or it became a running joke where they would just 
basically cracking on me, you know, for wanting to like eat healthy. And I'm like, really, there's a thing now called health shaming. Like it's hilarious. So finally, one time I just turned around and I said, listen, I treat my body like it's God's temple, not like it's his garbage dump. And nobody said a thing after that. And I just said it more to like shut him up. But I'm like, that's probably the better way to look at it. That if this is God's temple, then I take care of the temple and I take care of the way it looks. I don't just dump crap into it. Um, so all that to be said, that was the one thing that I'm like, that's, it's, I, it just made me shake my head. Like this is the one thing that we are completely out of control in. Now, obviously genetics and culture and body types all play into that. And you can't look at everything with the same ruler. I get it. Cause then you got the other side of like, well, I can be healthy and lose weight. You should be able to, it's not that simple for people. Right. You know what I'm saying? People are more prone to being bigger and whatever, but why I'm saying the other thing was once I, I'll be honest with you, once I started to get some gains and I started to get like my body looking the way I wanted it to, it's hot in Florida. You want to walk around with the shirt off or you want to like, my flesh started digging in on the other side. Now, part of me is like, why do I got to hide this part of who I am? That's not fair. Like, why do I have to like, if I want the beach, and I want to take a picture of me with my shirt off. Why do I have to fear? the backlash that will come because there was a bit of that you know what i'm saying and part of that is just the fact that when you're a public figure there's a whole nother ball of wax that comes with that you know what i'm saying and to be honest with you once i became a pastor and i've got these 11 12 year old 13 year old 14 year old 15 year old girls that look up to me that i'm in front of a congregation of 3,000 people I had to now go from a social media standpoint, how does it look one of their pastors on the beach shirtless and he actually looks okay. It, it'd be different if I just had a dad bod, you know what I'm saying? Does that it make sense? It changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. It really, and I thought, why do I have to hide this? Like, it's not my fair, it's not my fault you're out of shape and I gotta hide it because I'm disciplined and I eat right. Like there just kind of became this sort of like tug and pull because there was a few times where I posted some of those pictures and I started to see some things in the comment section that I was not trying to encourage. Does that make sense? Yeah. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what, with this platform comes more responsibility and I have to be conscientious of that. Mm. So now it's a running joke between me and Aslan, like, if we, if I post anything as remotely close to a full pick, like I draw a shirt on my body, you know, like, <laughs> and, and, you know, I put like happy faces over my chest or something like that. And, and it's part of me poking fun at it. But the other part of me is kind of like, to be honest with you, there's a fleshly side to it too. Mm-hmm. That once you start to get the appearance that you want, especially as a man, you want to like flex a little bit on people and you can't <laughs> as a believer. You can't like you just, that's you, the pendulum swings the other side and now you're into the pride side and you're into the, uh, you just have to be conscientious of the world we live in. Yeah. And I can't speak for anybody else. I can only speak for myself, but you know, I don't know. Do you, do you get, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, after sure. achieving my goals, I had to be like, well, dang, I can't show anybody. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think but, there's a part to that for sure. But the reality too, was that part of it is a tool because now like the reality is being a nearly 44 year old man. I can't look like I'm 44 to a bunch of kids as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's okay if they know who I am. Like, they'll ask me, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 44. What? I'm like, yeah, it's on Wikipedia. It's not like I'm hiding it. But it almost is a defense. It, it helps, like, break that wall down because you are fight. I'm literally fighting a, a sad world of misconception. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and then you do have to be wise in all those situations because your fan base – you know, people are watching us and what example are we setting to them? So there is this balance that we definitely have to honor God in. And it talks about it. Those who are in leadership will be judged more strictly. You know, people will be watching. Yes. 
And that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So not of all, not all of you should presume to be teachers because you would be judged more severely. Yes. And I literally was a teaching pastor. So yes. <laughs> okay. So guys, kind of to wrap up, it's been, it's been so good to hear you guys' perspective on stuff, but we're going to have people listening to this, the recording and such. Um, and I just, if you guys can just take a minute or two to say one thing for those who are struggling with their health journey, like they feel too busy to even start somewhere. Like they're, they're coming home cooking dinner after work and they're running their kid to this place or they're trying to, to do this hobby or they have another job going on, whatever. Like they're totally busy and they don't even know where to start. What is one thing that you would tell them on how to get started? We'll start with Aslan first, if we don't mind. Sure. Um, I, I think uh, I'll probably go this angle. Um, for the last uh, two weeks, I didn't exercise. Um, school started, uh, just some other stuff around the house. So I kind of knew I didn't, wasn't going to exercise for two weeks. Um, I went back to the gym. Uh, on Monday, which is a couple days ago, uh, jump on the scale. I always check out at the gym. So it's always the same one. And I was down two pounds. Um, I'm talking exercise for about a year and a half. Uh, not straight, of course. I mean, I work out, work out about four days a week and then uh, get some skateboarding in and just kind of, you know, maybe some walks and stuff with the kids or whatever um, for about a year and a half and, and little breaks here and there, never two weeks straight uh, for you know, really close to it, about a week or something like that, a week and a half. Um, of a break or something like that. Um, but for those two weeks, um, I lost two pounds. And, and this is my whole point of even talking about this. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be working out and I was making super smart decisions, not strict, not straight up Colonel military strict, but just like, man, I, I you know, I'm going to probably get three meals in. They're probably going to be, not only are they going to be some, uh, some simple foods, um, but I'm not going to overdo it. And I'm not going to eat a bunch of snacks in between. Um, and, and I lost two pounds without exercising. It, it, no, I hope that's just kind of um, presented clearly um, after for a year and a half or so. So your food decisions are one of the biggest things. Um, so I would say start with food for sure. And just get, um, just get some knowledge on food for sure, on nutrition. I think, Aslan, I think just to kind of elaborate just a second on what you were saying, when I hear focus on the food, I truly believe personally that it is 70% of what you put in your mouth and 30% of what it is that you do with activity. Uh, you, can, you can't really out-exercise a bad diet. You know, people, I used to be the type of guy who would eat a 1,200-calorie diet and then go to the gym and do because the machines told you how many calories you burn, right? And they yeah. have to be accurate. So right. you go there and it burns off 1,200 calories. And I'm like, oh man, I just burned off my entire day of food. <laughs> I start losing some weight. Then I get plateaued and I feel like junk. Oh. So, you know, realistically, it's this. Make sure that you are treating your body good and healthy. You're feeding it the healthy things and your weight will come off and you'll get healthier when you start giving it healthier things and natural things in moderation. That's right. all it comes down to. And then of course, moving. God intended us to move. I totally believe that. Um, we're not supposed to be people who just sit all the time. So get up and start moving a little bit, but you're absolutely right. You can take a week off, two weeks off, three weeks off from exercise and keep your diet consistent and you're still going to see results. So thank you. I, I think that's great information. How about you, KJ? Uh, I would say everything you know, throw it out the window. You'd know nothing. Because <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, I knew nothing. Um, fad diets, look, I get it. In some aspects, I, I'm sure for some people, they can be the catalyst for change. But realistically you have to make a lifestyle change and never go back. Like the idea that I'm just going to switch from, I'm, I'm going to switch from Coca-Cola to Diet Coke. <laughs> just never go back to it. Like you just can't never go back to it. Like you that's have right. to go, that's poison. I will never drink poison again. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and you're right. It absolutely is 70, 80% diet. That, start with the things that are the biggest problems Hack those out first. If so, if I say anything, hack the biggest problems out. For me, again, the guy that wrote the two dumbest songs that still haunt him to this day, Mountain Dew, 
Coke fried cheeseburger. Those are the first four things I got rid of. Wow. I got rid of the soda and I got rid of the fast food. And that was my first step. Yeah. Like that was the first thing I could do. And there were some withdrawals and like to, to an extent, but after I was off of it, it's literally like getting off a drug. After I was off of it, I'm like, this tastes disgusting to me. Like if I drank a Mountain Dew, it would taste like diabetes. Like that's how it would taste to me. Mm-hmm. There's, my whole taste have changed. Like I don't, there's nothing about that that is a desire to me. Um, and, and the idea that you have to work out for an hour is false. It's absolutely false. You can work out shorter and get bigger results. That's actually the best way I've found for everyone I know is to work out less, but work out more intense three days a week. Yeah. Right now, I'm actually training my, my oldest son because he's put on some weight and we are walking him through the same things that I did just on a micro scale. And it's not like some big, massive lifestyle change. We're just doing little things here by here. He's getting more activity. I'm going to put a treadmill in his bedroom. If he's going to play video games, he has to walk on the treadmill. <laughs> that is parenting at its best. Yeah. Oh man, that's good. So, and that's my thing, you know, I'm all about doing that one step at a time thing. So like I'm this guy who like my ministry is called one step nation. So I totally believe in just taking one step at a time. So whatever area of your life that you maybe you're having a hard time in, just start somewhere. So maybe it's multiple areas. Maybe you're like, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Okay. Start with just starting to drink water. How about that one? Or how about like you said, just cut out the soda. Let's just say we're not going back there. Right. Or let's say that, or let's just say I'm going to start moving a little bit. So maybe go for a five minute walk and then build your way up to those Tabata workouts. Cause those are great workouts and they are very challenging and they leave you like, Woo! you just worked out for an hour but it's only been like 20 minutes so yeah i i think that's that's some good stuff kj yeah thanks guys um so thank you guys for joining us tonight it's been it's been really an honor to have you here i really feel this is gonna uh, are you flexing kj (laughs) (laughs) good timing i was gonna throw the dub i was gonna throw up the dub for for west coast for aslan but i'm like yeah that just it looks like people are gonna say i'm throwing up a gun (laughs) So I was trying to play it off by putting hands behind my head. But or flexing. Shout out left coast, best coast. I'm just hey. showing up in Aslan, okay? That's all. all right, all right. That's right. We'll That's let right. it slide today, but you got to cut out. You're so conceited, man. You're so conceited. <laughs> all right. So our, our attendee, Josh Hatcher, you win some – music from kj 52 so that's gonna be great you'll be getting that in the mail i'll be connecting with you and uh guys have anything left to say before we jump off the, the meeting tonight no thank you man thanks so much all right la la okay <laughs> guys it's been such a pleasure let's see josh Hatcher. i bet a lot more people will watch the read yeah they will yeah, I was telling these guys somewhat past their bedtime, <laughs> but oh. it's all good. They'll watch it, and uh, it'll be fun. So, again, thank you, guys. DJ Aslan, KJ52, you guys are awesome. You rock, and I want to thank you for sharing your testimonies with us tonight. Awesome. Bless God bless you guys. Have a good thank night. Thank you, guys. See you.